he's a creator, an innovator. His passion is why we listen. His knowledge is why we want to be educated. He really has spent his life focusing on people that make excuses. With a man who has turned around over 800 bars throughout the world, Bar Rescue's John Taffer. If you do tomorrow what you did today, you will get tomorrow what you got today. Here we go. I'm John Taffer. This is my No Excuses podcast, and this is episode 74. Corey, we've survived 74 of these freaking things. Can you believe it? Oh, I know. So lots going on, man. Uh, 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 Freaking seltzer has taken off. So Taffer Seltzer is now available in over 110 retailers in the state of Nevada. Pretty cool. And I got to tell you, Corey, it's pretty amazing to walk into a 7-Eleven and see my own seltzer there. To walk into a Lee's liquor store and see a mountain of Taffer Seltzer taller than I am. And to see how people reacting to it is really fun. So we went out in a strip a couple of days ago, and we did the seltzer challenge, which was really sort of fun. I gave people my seltzer and other brands and had a little black box that Max set me up with and hid that in front of them so nobody saw which one they were tasting. And we kicked ass, man. It was great. So it's really fun when you make something that has a recipe on it. And I got to do this every week in Bar Rescue. Think about this. I work really hard on a recipe, and it looks delicious, and it's amazing, and you taste it, and you think it's the greatest thing in the world, and the guy next to you tastes it and says, this freaking sucks. So things are so subjective in the world of recipes that uh, I'm really excited by how uh, Seltzer has been received, and mixologists too. Cosmopolitan Magazine just picked us for the Christmas issue, and there's a whole bunch of cool stuff going on. But I must say I'm most excited, Corey, about what's going on in Atlanta. So we're building our first ever Taffer Tavern, and we're scheduled now to open in March in Alpharetta, right across the street from City Hall. It's a killer location. We're building it right now, and we're developing what I think might be the coolest cocktail program we've ever done. So I'm pretty excited about that. Then we're still working on new bar rescues. We're doing 31 next year. Pretty excited about that. And uh, guess what I'm doing a week after next, Corey? What's that? Fucking nothing. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> that's pretty rare for you. Yeah, for about a 10 days, I'm going to do absolutely nothing. I'm going to go down south and, and sort of hang out, maybe take the bus out for a while and, and get away from all this stuff. You know, I can be a political junkie sometimes. I confess. I do watch the news shows and... I'll switch between CNN and Fox, and I'm curious to see, you know, one side of the fence and the other side of the fence, and, you know, I try to, to listen and you know, look at both sides of things, and, and try. but I got to tell you, boy, the past two weeks, I got a hard time turning on any news channel to watch anything that's going on in news. You'd think at a time like this, some of us would be more in, in, engaged in the process. I find it all so freaking frustrating. Sometimes I wish people would stop posturing and do something really important with their lives. For example, national holidays. So there were a couple that caught my eye this week, Corey. You know, National Kindness Day is this week. Oh, okay. So that's a pretty good one. Yeah. National Philanthropy Day. Anybody that knows me knows I'm very involved in something called Keep Memory Alive with the Cleveland Clinic. So if anybody is feeling... Feeling philanthropic, they can go to keepmemoryalive.org and donate some money. That would be really, really cool. Then I thought this one was great, and it just shows how you can take an expression and add one word, and it changes everything. For example, November 17th, Corey, is National Take a Hike Day. Okay. That's a positive thing. Go out in the fresh air, find the nice mountain, take a beautiful hike, right? Or is it telling somebody to go take a hike? Exactly. <laughs> so what if I just changed it slightly and said, National Take a Fucking Hike Day. 
suddenly everything changes. <laughs> the expression has the complete opposite meaning. I knew a guy years ago as a comedian in New York, and he used to say, fucking A, 10 different ways. So he could say it in a positive way, he could say it in a negative way, in a curious kind of a way. And it was unbelievable how those two words could have completely different meanings based upon the way that you said them. Right. So uh, uh, in a National Take a Hike Day, I think they meant it in a positive way. But I'm going to tell you, after watching the news and watching everything going on in our political world these days, I think they should all take a fucking hike, tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and I say we clean the blackboard and sort of start at square one with people who don't hate each other so much, and, and, and maybe we can get somewhere. But, you know, I think that's a good reason why we have stuff like National Kindness Days. So I'm going to New York in a couple of days. I'm pretty excited about that. Was actually there a few days ago too. You know, when I go to New York, I get to go to a club that I belong to called the Friars Club, which is a really, really neat entertainers club in New York that was originally started by people like Milton Burrow and has all these famous comedians that still belong to it. And people like uh, Jimmy Kimmel are still on a board and very involved in it. And it's a fun private members club that I go to when I'm in Manhattan. But when I was there the other day, I was really disappointed because none of the windows were done yet in New York. And one of the greatest things about walking around Manhattan, you know, right around Christmas time is when all the store windows with all the little mechanics uh, get going. And, and it's uh, uh, really an exciting place to visit. What about football? What's going on with college football, man? Unbelievable this year, too. So there's a lot of uh, things going on this year that, that are very uh, uh, um, high profile. You know, we take a look at Evansville, Indiana, high profile. LSU, high profile games. Things are really stepping out in the sports world. Look at NFL this year. Uh, NFL ratings look a little better. So I think sports is starting to get a little rerouted and is adding some energy in our society. And I was reading an article the other day about how 38% uh, uh, less children are involved in sports today than just a few years ago. And now that sort of sucks, that, that without sports and competitive natures uh, uh, and competitive activity, what happens when we get older if we never, ever compete against each other? And I know in the business world, man, it's competitive as hell. So Bar Rescue Marathon, start up in the next couple of weeks. Don't worry about that. But I was watching this Disney Plus stuff going on. And by coincidence, it happens to be Mickey Mouse's birthday on Wednesday, November 18th. I think it's a Wednesday. But on November 18th, it's Mickey Mouse's birthday. So Disney launches Disney Plus. And, you know, I, like everybody else, have been saying that. What do you do when you dump cable? So, okay, you get your Hulus, you buy your Netflix, you buy this. What do you lose? What do you gain? How much does it freaking cost? And do any of us really know the answer to that? So what's better, cable or going to streaming services and buying a bunch of different streaming services? So I went nuts and set my Cracker Jack production team looking for research on the fact. And obviously Disney launches – and Disney Plus launches and over 10 million subscribers, 10 million subscribers the first day. The website even went down. And uh, uh, while 10 million people are signing up for Disney Plus, DirecTV lost over 1.2 million subscribers uh, in 2018. So there's this migration happening now, and we're all involved in it. And do you really know, you know, what is the difference in cost and impact? Well, Disney Plus 
you know, launches their product. It's a great product. They put a, a lot of content in it. So, you know, they're claiming they have the best stories in the world all in one place and new feature films as well as their old Disney library. And so they have all told their 10 million new subscribers are going to have access to over 500 films, 7,500 television episodes, and all sorts of new content. Well, they launch it and it had technical problems the first day. So some of the uh, uh, content didn't load, people got lost, menus froze. They had some serious technical issues. So think about this. If you delete all your Disney channels and get rid of cable and buy Disney Plus, what do you lose in that deal? If you get rid of cable and go out and buy a bunch of different services, what do you lose? So Really, what is the smartest thing to do? Now, I know is being on cable TV, for example, Bar Rescue and all cable shows now have a smaller cable universe. So there's less cable TV watchers than there were a few years ago. That means that almost every show on cable TV has at least some less viewers than previously because of the overall fallout of people that are dropping out of cable TV. Well, that makes sense. So shows that have less of a fallout than other shows are actually viewed as gaining because they've lost less audience than cable as a whole. Or they've lost a lot less audience than cable as a whole, which is, I'm proud to say, Bar Rescue. So it's interesting that TV shows that are on cable can have a smaller audience, yet still be hugely successful today. And as people switch over to streaming services, uh, 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 first of all, who does it? Well, you guys know who's doing it and who isn't because you know whether you do it or not. 18 to 34-year-olds are the ones that are really watching more video on smartphones and are much more uh, 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 internet-enabled uh, with smart TVs and, and have far more access and comfort with streaming services as a whole. But 7 out of 10 homes now have streaming content in them. Man, that just didn't exist at all before. And listen to this. Consumers said what they were looking for in streaming services was a variety of content, 57%, easy to use, 56%, access to movies, 52%, accessibility, search of desired content, 51%. It's hard as hell to find this, this stuff. Access to local programming, which you don't get in streaming services, 43% of people want that, but yet a streaming service doesn't provide that. Resolution options, uh, control playback, access to specific network programs, and access to live sports. So when you think about all the streaming services that are out there, one of the things that generally we lose, well, we lose local broadcasts. We know that. We lose local sports. We lose a lot of sports unless we go out and buy that as separate streaming packages now on a lot of these platforms. So a lot of the give-me's that you get through cable, such as local sports, local programming, all tend to disappear with streaming. And then when you think about what streaming costs, Netflix, about 11 bucks a month. Hulu, about 8 bucks a month. Amazon Prime Videos, about $99 a year or 9 bucks a month. Sling Orange is sort of a budget cable TV replacement service uh, uh, with very basic channels. You get That's $20 a month. Crackle uh, is free, at least for now. HBO Go, HBO Now, just HBO Go and HBO Now can run you $15 a month. 
Twitch, which is really more for gamers, is free. Vivo, which is really for music fans, is free. And Disney Plus is $7. So Disney Plus came in at under Netflix, $1 under Hulu, and came in at a really, really good price point. When you put it all together, does it freaking cost more or not? What do you think? I have all the streaming services. Well, I have Netflix, I have Hulu, I have HBO Go, I have Showtime. I have them all and I have my, my Roku and I travel this way. So I spend 30 weeks on the road. So because I have all these services, no matter what hotel I'm in, I can, I can connect and, and get all the programming that I want. So for me, there's a real benefit to be able to travel with everything. But it's interesting when you look at the actual numbers and the economics of it, <laughs> You save about $200 a year when you go from cable to all these streaming services. You do wind up with redundancy. So there are certain things that are available in more than one platform. So, you know, are you double paying? Well, you know, you, there is redundancy. Whether you're double paying, you can figure out yourself. But then the other fact is you do lose this local programming and local sports. So I guess at the end of the day, you have a simple question. You know, are those local programming options worth a couple hundred dollars a year to you? Do you want to have 20 different providers or just one? And really, at this point, I think, Corey, it's a complete freaking toss-up economically. Yeah. And uh, one thing I did notice that Disney Plus did that I haven't seen a lot of other streaming sites do is they have a bundle. I, th I think it's like twelve ninety nine, and you get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN all in the one one payment. Which is a good deal, and yeah. Disney owns ESPN. But still, that doesn't get you local sports, but it does get right. you some sports. And Hulu does get you some hockey, I believe, and there's a little bit of sports in Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. But it's interesting, Corey, because you do get uh, access to all of these movies and such, but there is a cost in programming. you know. And if you want to watch your local news, you're not going to do that on a streaming service. So, so uh, uh, that's one of the big costs. Which do, do you have co uh, cable at home, Corey? I don't actually. I just do uh, internet and I stream. You do completely stream. Yeah. So, so do you find that you watch more television shows, more movies? What do you watch? Um. Well, first, I feel like I I'm less on the couch, um, rather than just having the cable on all all day long. You just kind of get sucked into it. But if I am sitting down streaming, whatever, I usually just uh, binge watch TV shows, series. Gotcha. So you'll sit down and watch three or four hours of a series. I'm doing yeah. that now with Jack Ryan, boys. Anybody seen Jack Ryan? That's on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Max was just talking about that one it, on. Uh, yeah, he was raving about it. It's a great show. It's a little twenty four ish, right? A little bit like twenty four. It's it, but it's a great show. And uh, you know what's great about marathoning is you sit down and you veg out. You watch four or five in a row. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. I did that with uh, Hell on Wheels. Oh, yeah, that was a great show. I must have watched five or six of those a night when I was watching that. But that's a great advantage of streaming. And what's cool about Netflix is when Netflix launches a new season, they launch the entire season at once. Right. So you can a uh, 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 marathon right out of the starting gate. So, you know, when you think about uh, uh, where are we going in this industry? Well, you don't buy CDs anymore. You really don't buy DVDs anymore. The retailer is sort of out of the package. You know, why did Disney launch the streaming service? Now, I've read numbers. They're going to do about a half a billion dollars a year once they get subscriptions up, and that's obviously a lot of money. But what are they doing? They're circumventing the middleman. If you think about all of these Internet companies that you see, from Bowling Back Sheets to even MyPillow, 
Mike Lindell, and, and what have they all done? All of these companies have have gone on a mission to eliminate the middleman and distribute directly to you. And in essence, that's the future of our economy. And when we take a look at all businesses, almost all of them, in almost every case, there is a massive effort of getting the middleman out of the equation. Anderson Windows sells you windows directly, right? Electronics companies sell you their product directly. Amazon sells you pretty much freaking everything directly. Disney now is going to sell you their programming directly. CBS is going to sell you their programming directly. Paramount Network is going to sell you their programming directly. Music labels sell you their music directly. There's no music store involved anymore. So when we think about it, what's happening is, is a complete change in our economy, which is causing manufacturers to get into the customer service business. And a lot of companies stumble in that regard. And I think Disney's fallout, you know, and technical problems day one are certainly understandable. But when we take a look at content companies that suddenly get into the customer service business, a lot of them stumble, Corey. Suddenly, that's a new business for them. Right. In the, in the past, they've produced content, and it was up to Best Buy when you bought a DVD to provide the customer experience, to draw you into the store, to connect with you, et cetera. And most people didn't walk into a store to buy just one DVD, so they would come in and, as part of an overall shopping experience. So now what's happening is buying direct becomes the natural option. You want a uh, Disney product, you buy it directly from Disney. So when you put all this together, where does the retailer land? And as an end result, we're seeing malls get empty around the country. We all drive through our towns. We start to see retail stores getting empty. More people are starting businesses in their garages because they're internet-based. You don't need an office. You don't need a building. You don't need anything. So the business of the future has no middleman and in many cases has no store at all. And when you think about the kind of opportunities that you could have ahead of you, Never have people been able to start a business so economically before that you can start it in your garage, build a website. You can almost build a website yourself, Corey, using one of the uh, 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 build-yourself models, right? Oh, yeah. The GoDaddies of the world. So you build yourself a little website. You start to do a little bit of business. And whammo, it takes off. And, and the fact of the matter is you don't need to invest in a pretty, pretty retail store. You don't need to invest in inventory. You can tell people it's four weeks delivery time. When they give you the order, you then go make the damn thing. <laughs> so, so there's so many opportunities now to get into business for less and less money. So <clears throat> think about that as it relates to yourself. Also think about something else, which is fascinating. Almost all of these companies, Disney Plus, is selling you products that you've already bought before. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> right, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> They've sold these movies to us every seven years, for, you know, for 100 years. Yeah. So it's interesting. So, so many businesses today are repackaging what's already been sold and then selling it directly or creating a new product and selling it directly. And not but, even selling, though. They're, you have to pay monthly. <laughs> you have to pay monthly. And, and yeah. you know, some people won't even use it every monthly. Right. But here's a great example. Gift cards in America. And I don't know the exact statistic now. Forgive me. My numbers might be a few years old. But at one point, 30% of gift card money was never redeemed. So think about that. If a store sells gift cards and they say, okay, this gift card expires in a year, the reason why they put the expiration date on it is because they know 30, sometimes more percent of people will not use that gift card. It's free freaking money for them. 
So that's what's interesting. And, uh, you know, there are places where you can sell them now, and, and, but there's an actual thing right there. Click on there, how many gift cards go unused. Over $970 million in gift card cash went unused a, a couple years. That's a big number. Almost $130 billion was sold. So, again, that's almost a third, Corey. A third of gift cards is never spent. Wow. So, you know, when you think about all the money that we spend on content that we never watch. So, a la carte programming is not an answer because that gets even more and more expensive when we start to buy it that way. So, we need to understand this is the way business is going. We're going to have many, many providers that are going to sell us everything directly, not only in the entertainment world, but in all other worlds too. We're going to start to buy clothes directly from manufacturers. We're going to start to, to buy electronics directly from manufacturers. So rather than having that one place where we go buy stuff, we're going to have now our credit card in many, many more places, doing many, many more transactions with many, many more people, offering many more opportunities for them to track what we do, how we do it, track all of our purchases, where we go, what we do, and it links up this huge network of information so I was really curious about what you guys think about this, because some of you have spent so much time researching, you know, what's available from who and your opinion of whether you're streaming or staying on cable. So every week we post online, you know, what are these questions? And here are some of the questions you guys had. Which is the first one, Corey? Hey, John. My question is, uh, do you see Bar Rescue adapting to, like, New Age media, like uh, Netflix Hulu, you know, streaming type services. I don't have cable anymore. I was just curious, now, and I love the show. Thanks, buddy. You know, the business of television is interesting, and, and, you know, I wish that Bar Rescue was available everywhere. But the show does so damn well on the network that they don't want it to be elsewhere. So I understand the business model. When a TV show is doing really well on your network, then you don't let it go anyplace else. You keep people coming to your network to watch that show. And when the show starts to lose value to that network, then they start to let other people have it too because then they don't mind sharing it. But it, when it's, it's of such high value to them, they, they choose not to share it. You know, there are some examples of that. The Godfather is a great asset to Paramount. They didn't share it very much in the early days. It was very expensive to get you know, rights to air uh, uh, The Godfather. And there are certain jewels that networks have that they just don't allow other people much access to. So because of the success of Bar Rescue on a Paramount network, they'll put some episodes on iTunes, they'll put some episodes around, but they won't put all of them anywhere. So to answer your question, yes, more are coming on more services, and you'll start to see <clears throat> some of the earlier seasons and some collections of episodes, Taffer's Worst, Taffer's Dirtiest, et cetera. So you will see more Bar Rescue. Uh, uh, but honestly, if you go to YouTube, there's a whole bunch of episodes and Bar Rescue content on YouTube now, which is available to everybody for free. And, of course, on a Paramount app, if you have any TV services at all, you can log in on the Paramount app and watch it there. But to answer your question, yes, there's also an opportunity to create what we call derivative content. So I could bring cameras in, and we're talking about doing this, showing you how I design the bar, maybe doing content uh, digitally that isn't in the show, some backstage looks, some of the uh, uh, things that we do off camera that, that makes Bar Rescue happen and the bars get built and concepted and thought out. So you'll see a lot more of, of that content. Also, before I go on this question, if you go to YouTube and you look up Bar Rescue 360, You'll see that we did a whole digital platform last year of bar rescue remodels before and after using 360 technology, which is pretty cool. 
So you will see more as time goes on. All right, we got one more. Hey, John, with new streaming services such as NFL Sunday Ticket, like you created, how does that change the way millennials and overall viewers consume content, considering they can now consume content on the go? You know, that's a great question. I think it changes two things. First of all, let's, let's start with the stadium. Ticket sales are way down in stadiums. And if you take a look at almost any NFL game, look when the camera spins around and how many empty seats there are. And a lot of that is because the availability of programming today. It's really convenient to watch your, your team on an NFL game. Also, if you go to the game, you get to watch that one game. If you have Sunday ticket or a similar product from another league, you get to sit home and watch all the games. So there's a trade-off now. Years ago, you'd get your local game on local programming, and 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 uh, um, that was it. So so uh, going to the game was a much more important thing. So two things have happened. One, programming has been brought to the telephone. The average millennial looks at their phone about 300 times a day. That's a big freaking number. You can watch replays of your game. You can be very economical in your football you can be very economical in your football consumption. I don't have to drive to and from anywhere. I can watch it on my phone. I can watch quick replay uh, uh, um, edits that are done at the end of the game. I can see the whole game in two or three minutes. So a lot of it is convenience, but convenience is driving everything today. For example, I was on Fox Business about two weeks ago, and I talked about how McDonald's is selling over 10 million hamburgers after 10 o'clock at night by delivery. Now, most people are paying more for the delivery than they are the hamburger. And most people are paying more for an NFL signal to have it on their phone. But convenience now drives so much. And if you think about the amount of money we all pay for convenience, right down to that $1,000 phone in your pocket, that in itself is a billion-dollar business. I'll be right back. Don't shut down this podcast. John Tapper will be right back. Man, what a great time of year beautiful weather and football is right around the corner and if you're looking to add some excitement make bet dsi your betting partner use bet dsi's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games till the final whistle and new members get a hundred percent bonus match using promo code taffer 101 that's double your money to start winning today so why would you choose bet dsi first of all it's been paying winners for 20 years it's a top rated site and you can use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. It is a really friendly interface. It's got a very cool mobile site. And most important, it's got the fastest payouts in the industry. So BetDSI offers options for everything. You can bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, and all other major sports, politics, reality, TV, esports, virtually everything. So try betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish Every play, every minute until the end. And remember, new members get a 100% bonus match using promo code TAFFER101. That's double your money to start winning today. Again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code TAFFER101 to get this limited time 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash. Guys, it's only a game till you bet at BetDSI. So we've got a new technology that allows you to communicate directly with the show, and you can do that at anchor.fm. 
FM slash John dash Taffer dash no dash excuses. I'm going to give it to you again because it's really cool to interact with the show using it. It's anchor.fm slash John dash Taffer dash no dash excuses. And if that's too complicated for you, which I know it is for some of you, <laughs> then you can just send a note to podcast at John Taffer.com. That's podcast at John Taffer.com. Either way, guys, make sure you reach out to me because I'd love to hear from you. This is No Excuses. You know, on a show, we had the tipsy bartender who's a master of content. You know, we've had a, a, a Art Sutley from Bar Business Magazine who's a master of creating online content. You know, today with the elimination of distributors and middlemen and opportunities for us to have direct relationships with each other online, opportunity is freaking everywhere. So think about the kinds of things that you might be able to do through social media that actually improve your life. And I don't mean a picture of you looking shitty today that everybody's going to tell you how wonderful you look. That's bullshit. And that's what's given to us by social media every day is a sense of false recognition. We post a lousy picture. Everybody tells us how wonderful it is. We tell a story that's trivial and everybody tells us how big a deal the story is. You know, everything on social media is designed to create a certain relevancy and instant gratification that we all get. Why don't you think about how you could make that gratification impact your life, not just one picture? What about comments that really change things? What about messaging that really changes things? So, you know, when you take a look at the opportunity today that we all have to communicate directly with each other, that communication could be really meaningful, could be deep, could make you a freaking millionaire if you did it right. So why post the, the, the stupid picture to post something that means nothing? Why not try to figure out how to turn your social media exposure into branding like somebody like I does? And why can't you build a brand with reputation and value? And through that brand, why can't you connect with people at a deeper level? And through that connection, why can't you come up with a product to sell them? And why can't you turn this into a future rather than a moment's gratification? And, you know, I think that's what I've learned when I take a look at great content, whether it's Disney Plus, who's making a fortune off content that's 50 years old because it's meaningful. How do we take content today and make it meaningful? How do we take direct content with each other today and turn it into something that makes us money? How do we create our garage business? How do we start and take advantage of this environment? Well, it's all out there. Disney proved it with old content in a Disney Plus model. So many other people whether they're in pet foods or sheets or socks or shoes or software development, have all created these direct-to-consumer businesses. Think about which one you could do. Think about how this discussion could change your actions and therefore change the reactions that you have in your life. And with that in mind, that was pretty motivational, I thought. Corey, what'd you think? Yeah, that was great. So with that in mind, that positive message, take a look at your social media accounts and see what you can do to do it better talk to you all next week and don't forget subscribe right now do it right now any place where you subscribe to your podcasts